Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Mm, that's the question on my mind this Monday evening. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. My name is Joey. Alongside me, he's back from uh, injured reserve. Troy, how you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. Yes, the question is love or money because uh, I'm feeling good about this uh, Mega Millions lotto. You got it? You got it in the bag? I got it in the bag. I only spent 10 bucks, got five tickets. When's it drawing? I don't even know how that works. I guess they post it uh, Tuesday night. And he got the numbers and the, like, the it's like, I think, five or six numbers and the actual, like, the Mega Ball number or whatever. Essentially, it, and they're very low odds. Obviously, I'm not an idiot. But... <laughs> It's like, okay, there's 10 bucks I would have spent on crap anyway. Who cares? If I win that amount of money, I'm going to be actually scared. What a return on investment. Are you taking Are you taking lump or I would I'd, I'd go and talk with a financial advisor and be like, "What's the best move here?" Cuz if you take lump, it be, it may be above 2 billion by the time they draw tomorrow night. So it could be a lump sum of like a billion dollars. Yeah, but isn't... A billion-something dollars. Wouldn't wouldn't the monthly be, like, really sweet? Yeah, and that's where I'm thinking. If you do an annuity where you're getting, like, $200 million every year for a while, yeah. that's not bad either. Right. Um, no, it's just... But, I mean, I would... If I won, I would be scared. I would be excited, but I'd also be like, oh, no. Whoa. Oh, no. This immature young man now has all the power in the world. What's the first thing you do? The first thing I do. I'd probably call my father. Yeah. Then I would call, I know a guy. I would call Brent McDonald, financial planner. Okay. And I would probably call around for a tax attorney. I would immediately be getting experts in on this. Yeah. I, I think I would get, I would get an, an attorney, an attorney for that attorney. A financial yeah. planner, <laughs> an accountant for that financial planner. Yes. And then I would tell my parents, and I would then be like, okay, when this happens, I'm paying off the mortgage. Do you oh. need anything else? Right. And then that's, and then I would be like, okay, and now I'm just not going to tell anybody. I wouldn't tell a lot of people, no. It's crazy how people end up, like these people that win the lotteries and stuff, how they end up losing everything. Yeah, all these parasites. Like trying to suck off you, and you'd feel bad because you're like, I want it by luck, so it doesn't feel like you really earned it, and it's yours. So you're very generous. It's interesting how generous and egalitarian people become when they're giving away money that actually they didn't produce. It's amazing. True. It's amazing how that works. But if you actually produced it and built the wealth up, you're still philanthropic. You're still out there, but yeah, especially if you do like the whole Bill Gates route. Yeah. 
I mean, and people are like, well, you, when Bezos gives up money or Bill Gates gives, Bill Gates is incredibly generous. People will still nitpick them for, oh, that's that's like me giving two hundred dollars. Like, yeah, it is when you do some, you know, basic math and ratios. Okay, but it's not like you giving two hundred dollars. Not at all. No, them giving a billion dollars away over this many years is not the same thing as you giving a thousand dollars away. It's just not. And, and the beauty of what like Bill Gates does is he gets to control what he does with it. Right. He gets to control where the money goes. It's not like you donate to Susan G. Komen, and then you realize that most of the money you've donated is going to pay their CEO. Yeah, the overhead for operations. Right. And they had a nice glitzy party, and it had to be glamorous at a gala event, of course. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk out of my ass here, but... The one class I took on nonprofit administration, and I've being around some nonprofits, people do great things. This is a big throat clearing right here. People do great things in the charitable sector and the, you know, ministries and churches and other nonprofit worlds, different foundations. Yes, all this is clear. But if you really wanted to like, essentially not make a lot of money but live a very fancy lifestyle, mm-hmm. get into the nonprofit sector or become a lobbyist. That too, yeah. Where you're just getting favors doesn't show up as income, but you you know a guy, you yeah. know a guy, you know a guy. You get to eat on a company's dime right. at like the best restaurants, right? Get to drive the nicest cars because you got to look good as a representative of right. a company and things like that. But I mean it, man. If I won a billion dollars, yeah, I would be scared for my life because I mean, part of me would be like the guy the last time this happened. Or he's just standing in line for a lottery ticket. This reporter, oh, sir, what would you spend your money on if you hit the jackpot? Cocaine and hookahs. <laughs> hookahs and blow. And be like, there's a part of my mind that would, would go, go nuts, Joey. Go to Las Vegas. Do whatever. D- buy Dennis Hoff's Bunny Ranch. Buy it right now. <laughs> Keep the legacy going. Uh, uh, oh, God. But no, I would buy, I would talk to experts. How about the family? Brother would be set. Anybody in the family needed anything, we're set. And the family's not that too huge. I would help out friends, too. Be like, hey, like, you would get some help. Like, what you wanted, I wouldn't just be like, hey. But everybody I was very close to and knew would get some help. Then there would be some fun. I would probably be at, like, the front row of every wrestling event for several years to come. Then there are a few people like that. You'll watch every, like, wrestling event. There's this one long-haired dude and an old lady. They're at the front row of every freaking event. They either know somebody or they're rich or something. Do you get, like, are there season tickets? How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. Though, I don't know if I would want to go, and this is a big question these days, when you start having, like, Saudi prince money, like a billion dollars, even like the the top one percent, the amount of liquid they actually have saved is in the you know two million three million on average. Yeah, like if you have that much money, liquid, like you're a mark. Like somebody could hold you, kidnap you, and hold you ransom. There's mm-hmm. also that's why I would be scared. Do you have to? I know that there was a court case a while back about a lady who won a lottery. And she didn't want to give out her name for obvious reasons. Sure. And the lottery was like, well, we're not paying out. And it, it went all the way to court, and the, and the judge was eventually like, no, she doesn't have to give her name. Yeah, I don't. I think it depends on the 
on the company, the lotto that you're playing. Um, but there's one event that I would love to go to, but now I wouldn't want to go to it. It's this. Uh, it's called Crown Jewel. The WWE. Mm-hmm. It's and this is what I mean by money scares me. You can talk about like love or money or integrity or money or like how. What is your price? Are you willing to do? Whose ass are you willing to kiss? And how much? For at what price? Apparently, the WWE. They just few months ago, and we've talked about this before, they did the greatest Royal Rumble. That was... Apparently, they made $45 million for that one event. They have supposedly coming up on November the 2nd, and they've been really promoting it. Shawn Michaels, the showstopper, the heartbreak kid, coming out of retirement. Mm-hmm. The reuni- reuniting DX against the Brothers of Destruction. The big uh, red mayor, big red machine mayor, uh, Kane. It's now mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, Undertaker, his supposed brother mm-hmm. in, you know, in the wrestling world, the fictional world. Like, it's supposed to be this big event in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. But then this brings up the Khashoggi thing. And, like, dude, sounds like those guys that are paying you all that money, some of them who will even be sitting in the front row watching you perform and wrestle. Yeah, they just had this journalist whacked. So, if you're sitting there right now, when last time I think they made a public statement, the WWE said, we're monitoring the situation carefully. But essentially, the deal on the table is 10 years, $90 million a year for running two events a year in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It is. What do you do? What do I do? What do you do? No. You don't run the event, the events? You no. say no to the money? Yeah. I I will well, okay. I this is one of the few things that I agree with Trudeau with in Canada. Yeah. I would see out there would be no new deals. That's what he's doing. He's basically saying, "Okay, what's left of this deal of this weapon shipment to you?" Mm. We'll see it out. Because it's bad form to renege on what another administration signed. But there will not be any new arms deals. What I would do... Have they signed this deal? Yeah, the deal's been done. They've already done one event. It's a 10-year deal for essentially a billion dollars. Okay. In that case, uh, I throw it to the PR department, not the HR department, because they would say no. I throw it to the PR department. We skip this event, or we postpone it and move it, and then we don't televise it. Right. What they've done... Well, and also, there's this ick factor. And when they did Greatest Royal Rumble. Ick? Icky. Yes, ick factor. Okay. Where, while there was a call to prayer in the stadium, what was shown on the WWE Network was essentially a propaganda video. With Triple H talking, who's the head of... He's like the COO of WWE... His real name's Paul Levesque. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley is not actually his real name. And a few other WWE wrestlers, it it became essentially a propaganda video, which was fine for this new reform 2030 plan for Saudi Arabia. Which? They were socially reforming and economically reforming, being pushed by the crown prince. Right. 
And now, watching those videos back, knowing what they did to Khashoggi, it makes everybody go, oh, God. Have you heard any of the audio of Khashoggi? No. It's out there? If you're willing to look for it. Willing to... hmm. You ever heard a man scream while he gets his fingers cut off? No. That's not good. No. I think maybe I've watched one of, like, the ISIS videos. Yeah. Those knives aren't very sharp. Some of them are. I've heard something similar and I could imagine and this is what I I got into it last week when I was just up here by myself it's like I just looking at it I think the crown prince or somebody very high up in the Saudi government if not the king himself was like kill that guy this is our opportunity Mm -hmm. he and I don't think it's because of what he's written what Khashoggi had written Calling for a free threat, uh, what a threat to the Saudis. I think he actually knew people and knew stuff. Like, he knew too much about the royal family. Okay. And they're like, this guy is too much of a high profile. He knows way too much of how we actually operate. We got to deal with him. Yeah. And so I think the Saudis killed him, number one. But then I see Turkey is playing into this, and Turkey's sitting here. They're. Turkey doesn't give a damn about this guy. Turkey doesn't give a damn about the freedom of the press in no. the Arab world. No. So what they're really doing is just poking the Saudi Arabians. going Who they hate. Yeah, they hate them. And what they're trying to do is get the sugar daddy for the Saudis, the United States government, to stop being the sugar daddy. Well, they also don't like the U.S. Well, And every time Trump opens his mouth with regards to this case, it seems like... They don't like the U.S., no. No. But every time Trump opens his mouth, it's like, see, we're right. We're making the Saudis look bad. We're making the U.S. look bad. We didn't even need to try that hard to make the U.S. look bad. Right. See, and here's my, why I bring up the WWE and all this stuff. It's because the deal's already made. You want to pay us a billion dollars over 10 years to come and entertain your people? Okay. We will. But if I'm the president of the United States or I'm a senator right now... We gonna do another arms deal? No, you don't get to train in our facilities anymore. We're not helping you and supporting you to go and attack Yemen. You're gonna piss off the military-industrial complex. Oh yeah, I'm gonna piss it off, and I'm gonna piss on it with good world wrestling entertainment. No, I mean as a senator, but good for you. Yeah, because. Not enough people are, are doing that, at least in the United States. Hey, maybe yeah. let's not let's not talk about this arms deal yet. Let's see how this investigation plays out. This investigation has been a sham since the beginning, and that's why Turkey is playing the sods like fools. Well, and I see exactly what Trump and Pompeo are doing, though. It's a it's a whole big plan. We can't let one person get in the way of it. And like the expression of values, because it's not like we're actually upholding values or ever have. We've been partners with the Saudis for nearly a century. Yeah. Like, this is hard-nosed geopolitics. Yep. And people get ground up in that. And so what Trump and Pompeo are sitting here and Bolton and this whole team are going, damn it! We we had the Saudis working better with Israel. We have everybody kind of playing together against Iran. And that's the whole narrative we want to push. And now they do this. And Turkey's the one stirring it up. Where years ago, Turkey never would have done this. This guy would have been killed. It doesn't get out into the press. Right. Turkey is now a wild card. And they're not a good wild card. They're, well, they're wild. 
Erdogan is, again, not a, a fan of Western values in many regards. Not anymore. And he's very much has a neo-Ottoman aspirations. I would agree. Love to be kind of the crown jewel of the new Arab empire. Because that's, that's that part of the world. If you look at most of history, it's ruled by some center that is a very iron-fisted imperial power. Yeah. Whether from Istanbul or... that's Well, that's interesting. Whether from Istanbul or Tehran. Or essentially from Persia or Turkey. And then, I guess, Saudi Arabia. There was the empire under Muhammad and the Muslims, too. So it's like, which one will rule? I don't know. There's, it's a big game. An ugly game. It seems like there's no good side. Right. Not, especially not for the United States. Right. So politically, my knee-jerk is, you don't get any more... None of you get weapons. Yeah. None of you. If the Russians and the Chinese want to come in here and play this stupid game in this part of the world, good luck, guys. Mm -hmm. It's a stupid game to play. Mm -hmm. We don't need your oil anymore. We produce more than you asshats. You might be able to up the price, but that'll hurt your market share and hurt your economies even more. Mm -hmm. So good luck with that. You don't get any more weapons. We're not going to try to pick sides anymore. I suppose we're going to defend Israel, though they can defend themselves pretty damn well at this point. And, like, peace, we're out. But I'll come back to why I would say I would keep the wrestling deal. Because I think the number one way you do get that part of the world to change is culture. Is by opening people's eyes up, but they've, they've beyond just what Saudi Arabia and the rulers want you to think. You said they iron fisted a propaganda video in there during the call to prayer. No, they showed the outside world the propaganda video. Okay, they prayed. So, so why have that? Well, why have have that? I'll, I'll put it this way: when a Saudi kid, and it was interesting, the last Saudi Arabian event, the front rows were these, like, plush couches. It was the royals. And they weren't into it at all. No. They're like some stupid American thing we bought. But the kids, you know, in the back in the major part of the arena, the 60,000 people actually showed up. And there were a few royal kids that were really into it as well up in the front rows. To see those Saudi kids chanting the same chants that you see American kids chant, knowing who the good guys are and the bad guys are, understanding that, that those stories and it's more than just wrestling is my point the more we can beam in American entertainment the more we can beam in American music and culture it will change that part of the world for the better it's kind of the old idea of uh, the Russians have a lot of nukes the Soviet Union has a lot of nukes but we've got Pepsi and Radio Free Europe we got rock and roll and uh, that's why it's like if y'all want to Okay, y'all think you're going to pay us, so we do a little propaganda for you. If you're actually reforming your society, great. I'll say that. I'll say that for millions of dollars that you're trying to reform your economy and your social structure. Mm -hmm. Sure, but at the same time, I'm also going to maybe sneak in a comment here or there about freedom and fighting for it. Um, Baby steps to crushing Wahhabism. Yes. So all for culture being shared. All for it. Yeah, great point. I Not for mean. weapons being shared. And, you know, the difference is you have all these businesses. There's that su the summit that they were going to have, and yeah. all these businesses are pulling out. The difference between that and wrestling is wrestling is, you know, an entertainment-based business. So 
you can't really follow what the other other businesses are doing and, and you can't pull out of a summit because you're hosting events. Well, and also wrestling, a big knock against them doing it is that you're, they're not allowing the women to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. Well, also the women are getting a whole all-women's pay-per-view. It's going to be pretty freaking awesome, actually. Do you think that was a compromise? No, in a way, it's more a way to tell people to shut up. We've got an all-women's pay-per-view. Gotcha. But I think that's something they wanted to do anyway, with Stephanie McMahon becoming more powerful in the company. Gotcha. And they have the talent. Women's wrestling's awesome these days. It's not just eye candy. It's not TNA. It's, I mean, some of the women are downright very hot, wasn't but there, they can actually wrestle, too. Isn't there a wrestling show called TNA? There was. Yeah. Was it about TNA? No. Oh, okay. No, they had a stupid, like, six-sided ring, and they were... Kind of like a UFC octagon? Yeah, and where some of the WWE guys fell out of a favor with the WWE, they would go there to a lesser promotion. Where some of the WCW guys, after that, failed... Like Kevin Nash and Sting and a few other guys would go to TNA. And so, I I don't know. I, I think what would happen, though, is you say you show, you get fans. Obviously, these people in Saudi Arabia are fans. They're not just papering a whole stadium. Like, they're actually people in Saudi Arabia who want to pay their money to go see the wrestlers. Go see John Cena. Are those Saudi-based Saudi Arabians, though? What do you mean by that? Are they Saudi-based Saudi I mean, there's... there's uh essentially two classes of people in Saudi Arabia mm. and this is regardless of being the royal family or not although the royal family does fall into one particular class that is the people that have Saudi Iranian nationality but go and get educated in the west mm. and then there's the people that don't and those they the, stay there yeah it's probably a mix of both um, I mean it was it was, the propaganda videos seemed like propaganda videos. It's like, King Solomon has been so sweet and good to us and so accommodating. It's like, thanks, Paul Levesque. Thanks, Triple H. Whatever. But th- what m- opened my eyes was when John Cena comes out, when Undertaker comes out, when Rusev comes out. Th- like, Rusev's a new thing. And to hear that whole crowd going, and he's from Bulgaria. And to hear this whole crowd of Saudi Arabian kids going, Rusev Day, Rusev Day, the same as an American audience would, it made me go, oh, it was an eye-opening moment. You'd think that's a whole other weird part of the world, and it is. But there's still people, then they like the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's a way, I, that's why I like the sharing of the culture. And you know that kid who's a fan of Cena and Rusev and Undertaker is going to try to find more wrestling, and he's going to come across those scantily clad ladies who are also in power. And he's, they're going, the more we can have more satellites, whether it's high culture and fine arts or in the muck and the mud side show wrestling rings and pornography, more the better beaming that into Saudi Arabia. I think it makes the world a better place. It, okay. Yes. It's not perfect, but it, it, it's a baby step. It takes that iron fist away a little bit. It gives people hunger for what other people have. That's true, but it also allows them to close that fist even greater. Mm, I see your point. Like, look at this. Look at the West. How debauched they are. You should hate the West. This is why you should hate the West. They have this program called TNA. Sir, that was a a different program. TNA means something else entirely. (laughs) But back to Khashoggi. I'm sure you're super tired of talking about this. No, no. I'm happy to talk about it. The Sods have lied every step of the way. 
and the Turks are yeah. slow rolling them. Yeah. My favorite part about this whole thing is the Turks being like, yeah, we have audio and video of it. And the Sods being like, but our cameras didn't work that day. And it was like, no kidding, they didn't work that day. You don't think your console's consulate is bugged? Like, are you dumb? <laughs> There's drone footage now of the day after. The Turks have drone footage right. of the Sods burning documents at that same consulate. How dumb do you have to be? Like, are you so out of touch with reality that you just don't get it? I mean, the Turks are playing them like fools, and that that should not be the case. I almost think it's to a, their Saudi Arabia's reasoning is that we really aren't we are untouchable. Yeah, they are. It's they're not going to mess with us because of our money. Mm-hmm. And we can give whatever story we like with the right tone of voice, if you like. It's like, oh, he didn't die in a fist fight. One of our guys put him in a headlock and he choked. Yeah. And then what do you do after somebody chokes to death? You can't just, like, take out the body. Like, you got to take his clothes off and have one of our guys wear the clothes. Yeah, that's much more plausible than just the fist fight was so chaotic that they swapped clothes. Man, that reporter really could. I mean, well, I'm sure that actually happened quite frequently in, like, ancient Greece. Right, sure. But that was acceptable. Right. <laughs> this is the latest story that... Well, and here's the thing. Their latest story is that it wasn't Mohammed bin Salman who ordered it. It was the guy's essentially head of intelligence, mm-hmm. like, that's very close with Salman, who ordered it. Yeah, and he overstepped. And he overstepped his bounds, which... And they also said, it's unfortunate that these things happen. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you how right. do you feel if you're Khashoggi's wife? She sat in that car for twelve hours. You feel at at what point horrified in that twelve hours? Do you not realize that your husband or do you realize that your husband's not coming back? I'm sure she realized in the first thirty minutes. She and him both knew the risk. And then, let alone, there's a person. There are people saying they just saw your husband in the plaza the other day, and it's just a, a Saudi intelligence guy walking around wearing his clothes, wearing his clothes. Ugh. Well, and it, it just gets... The larger point to me is, like, I don't think this is and cannot be. I wish it was. But it is not a simple black or white morality play. Like, what should Donald Trump in the U.S. do? Well, if we're going to be actual black and white morality play, stop sending them damn weapons. Uh-huh. Stop playing the kingmaker of the Middle East. Because mm-hmm. we've been doing it for nearly a century now. The House of Saud would have crushed itself a long time ago. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I think the hard truth is, it's a hard one for me to swallow, is if the U.S. doesn't prop up that government, that, in particular, that regime, that monarchy, that royal family. The House of Saud? The House of Saud. They are overthrown by radical Salafists, the Wahhabism. Mm -hmm. That is now in control. The two holiest cities in Islam is now in control of the most radical people in Sunni Islam. They start to expand Look how quickly it expanded with ISIS. Guys that had hardly any backing. That was that that particular head of that snake, that is ISIS, yeah. was propped up on the backs of Al Qaeda yes. and other previous terrorist organizations. If you let the Salafists take over those two cities and Islamism, I mean. as it were, becomes that big that fast, it gets wiped out. 
Oh, you think the West of the U.S. It would. doesn't. It doesn't turn into terrorism. It's like when the IRA started doing terroristic bombings. It would be like it's like they Nazi their, Germany rising. Right. They had their backs against the wall. They saw no other choice. That's the way I see it. You. So you. If essentially that radical of a group take over the two holy cities, and my point is, I, look how quick ISIS spread and inspired true acts abroad. Imagine if they had the two holiest cities in that religion. But they they would have spread even faster. But I, to your point, I get it. I think you would have Russia. I think you would have even China because they have their own Well, they, they would have destroyed themselves. Oh. ISIS allows itself to grow from 10 years of the United States just constantly bombing with drones. Sure. Right. That's a real easy way when you're born and you live as a child watching people die around you. It's really easy to hate the West. That, that sort of thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. But when it's... When it's Muslims fighting Muslims, the rest of the world doesn't really care. Well, I mean, for you, some you, you reason have, we've always had our fingers in it, though. That's true. And this is why I want to stop. I postulate something else. Hmm. We don't, when we go to Iran, we don't let that sheikh come back into power after he was democratically, when he got beat democratically. Mm-hmm. We went back in and propped him up. Yeah. Then we had the Arab Spring. Iran, in that case, we could get them to become our ally in a way that doesn't allow this guy to come into power. That is a, a buffer, a geopolitical buffer, so to speak. Are you talking in 79? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was a, definitely a turning point. Um, no, it's such a... It's a shame. Because I think we're trying to play all these different sides, and it's too freaking complicated to actually manage in an effective way. But do we stand up to Saudi Arabia here, or do we stand up to... Yeah, I think you stand up to them and you don't give them money or weapons. That actually would require us to stand up to our own... Oh, yeah, stand up to Lockheed and Raytheon and Boeing, too. Yeah. And stand up to all sorts of people. But the problem is those people are bought and paid for in Congress. Yeah. Grow a spine, a-holes. It's not love or money, it's spine or money. It's just messed up. No, and I have to hand it to uh, my boy, Rand Paul. He's been saying this. He's been on national TV saying not only should we not give them a new arms deal, but they've been the biggest sponsor of terrorism in, Thank you. in the last few decades. That a boy, Rand Paul. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Getting a little excited there, Troy. I it, Finally. Yeah, somebody said it. Gosh. Well, and and I don't even I don't even I'll be honest with you I don't like the guy. No, he doesn't. He comes across. And excuse me, pardon me to any doctors out there. But you know how some doctors are just like, you're smart, and so because you're smart, I I have this problem too. People tell yeah. me this. I come across as arrogant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Rand kind of comes across as arrogant mm-hmm. and not that good looking. What does that have anything to do with it? I just thought I would throw it out there. There's something weird going on with his hair. Well, I tell you who didn't get by on their looks alone, and that was Newt Gingrich. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Yeah, Newt. I've met him in person. Strangely diminutive. Really? Yeah. Him and uh, and apparently Rand's not a big man either. Or it's Trump. Trump's a sizable fellow. With small hands. Yeah. Yeah. How, how How tall is Newt? I, I think he's probably like 5'11", is my guess, 5'10". Oh, okay. He's not tiny. He's just... Right. 
not what you would imagine. Like you see these people on television, you think right. they're large people. It's they're the jowls. Big. Yeah, exactly. Gravity has not been kind to that man's well, facial I, structure. I liked meeting him. His wife. I'm sure she's a lovely woman, mm-hmm. but she's so was so done up with the makeup and the hair was like perfect. Like I immediately thought, "Whoa, man! Whoa, man!" So I married an axe murderer? Yeah. Like, this woman will kill you in your sleep. Oh, wow. Like, she was too done up. It was like some step for wife crap. Okay. Like, but the reason I bring up looks is I've been on this kick lately, and I know I'm going to get in trouble, so I'm going to start playing the music so we hit this break. But I think sex appeal plays when you're running for office, and it always has. True. I think JFK wins... Because he's got more sex appeal than Nixon. It's certainly not his accent. No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I think Reagan wins because he's a handsome man. There's there's something to that. If Reagan can win because he's handsome, then damn it, I'm handsome. Reagan is a handsome man. Go look at some Reagan-like movies. I only know old Reagan. I don't know young Reagan. Oh, okay. But like Bill Clinton, he's not classically handsome. He's a he charged when got he charisma. played. There's a reason he played the sax, the sax on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, it really played. So when I hear his wife complaining, there's a double standard in politics that women have to. No, it's not a double standard. Nobody voted. Ross Perot did not win, not because he was a third party, because his ears are bigger than his head. He looked like he was going to fly away. If you're an ugly SOB, it's not going to help you in national politics. Yeah, stick to policy. Right. So if you're, like, if you're an old lady, I'm stealing this from Joe Rogan, but if you're an old lady who has trouble standing up, you're not going to be president. That's true. Now if you're Kamala Harris, senator from California, former AG, Obama called her the best-looking attorney general of the nation. Mm-hmm. Sexy lady. Is Obama good-looking? He's passable, I suppose. Okay. No, you just can't be ugly as, like, dog ugly, you know? Right. Like, you can't have an effing dog face. You, you can't be... Your, your ugliness cannot be distinct. You can't resemble Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> no. Let's in a break. We're already having too much fun. Joey Clark. Clark. Can't help myself. I've been on a big, you know, kiss kick. But this is the solo album, Ace Freely. New York Groove. On the street, I was passing my time away. I'm trying to think of who this song is. Makes me think of Trump. It doesn't mean we're doing good things. This means, you know, we got that swag. Oh, God. Speaking of, like, sex appeal playing in politics, I am now looking at uh, Senator Ted Cruz. 
and complete. He looks like a pig. He really does. Yeah, I think it, he got a haircut recently. Well, and this is the where the absurdity comes in. You know, Trump did one of his like before he walks to the the helicopter, like looks at the press and talks to him, like, "Oh, oh, you're here." Like, I didn't expect you here, but here you are. Let me talk to you. Um, they said, didn't you call him lying Ted Cruz in 2016? He's like, yeah, I did. He's not lying Ted Cruz anymore. He's beautiful uh, Ted now. He's not lying Ted. He's beautiful Ted. He's Texas Ted. Like, how? And, of course, every single one of, like, Trump's critics who take themselves way too seriously, like, you can't call him lying Ted then and now beautiful Ted. You well, can't do that. It's like, b- before he did, Ted hadn't bent the knee. Ted yeah. has now bent the knee. Yeah, he likes me now. I'm, I want him to win. He's beautiful Ted. Yeah. It's like, you can't do that. It's like, yes, I can. I can say whatever the hell I want. It's true. And this you is... Think, you think uh, Cruz beats Beto? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, Ted Cruz's problem is he is... He talks way too much. He can talk. He's got a great... There's a reason he was a debate champ. He's a master debater. He it really knows what he's doing. and But he can't back it up. with like He hasn't done much in terms of policy in the Senate. So and he was really using the Senate as a stepping stone up to the presidency, and people don't like that. Like, hey, were you just using us to get up to a higher office? I want you to actually love me, as a senator really represents me. You know, you say that cynically, but as a constituent of people in a representative body, mm-hmm. I would certainly hope that they would favor my opinion, or at least the opinion of the masses of their own constituency is, over that of this say, is where lobbyists. I get let's play this game real quick. Let's say I somehow become senator uh in the great state here of Alabama. Okay. And uh and you're talking to me going, I hope that you respect my opinion, Senator. I mean like, yeah, I do represent or represent and respect your mm-hmm. opinion. I also have to respect the opinion of Susie Bob Tony, that's Dale. What I mean. That's why like, I said all the, of these the majority people, of those people. Yeah, but all these people all want contradictory things. It's true. Like, you guys aren't that special. You act like you're petty little tyrants, like your opinion matters that much. At the end of the day, it doesn't. You get one vote for me or for somebody else. Once I'm in the chair, I make the decisions. If you want to make the big boy decisions, you run for the Senate. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Meet game strong. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> Okay. No, and that's... I think... It, I remember I've always felt this way, especially with the Senate. I like the so-called trustee model better. I really don't like this 24-7 news cycle, 24-hour news cycle. What do the people think? Uh, now, call your senator. Call your representative. Hey, we, if you don't vote this way, we won't vote for you again. On, like, every damn issue. I think, no, you should... Vote for somebody you trust as a wise individual who's able to take the time and put together a staff that can assess all sorts of different issues. And that wise individual then vote based on their conscience and what's best. If we had wise individuals in the Senate or in the House or in the executive branch. Dare I say the White House. Or the White House. The majority of the problems that we face today would not be of our own creation. Right. Yeah. Well. See, I'm just not a huge fan of like pure democracy. Like I can't, like, I can't you can look, vote on some stuff, but Tr- I, Trump is right. I can't look at Jeb Bush and his low <laughs> energiness and be like, 
Yeah, now that's a man that I want making this. Same with same with Junior. Love W. I mean, I wasn't, you know, really capable of much cognition when Senior was around. So, you know, I feel like most people watch politics the way I watched Al Gore and George W. Bush debate. And what was that? Ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand. How old was I? Like Fifth grade, twelve, eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and. At my 11-year-old self, I didn't know a lick about policy. I did love America. I still love the ideals of the country. I don't know how much I, I love the government the more that things get happen, the more I learn about it. But I still love the ideals of the country. But back then, I didn't know anything. I'm 11. But I would just, I'd still watch it and go, hmm, hmm. He seemed confident. The way he, he said that, I liked it. So uh, I probably would go for him. I think also the way, you know, W would, uh, you know, he would kind of stumble, but right into the point. You're like, okay, I like that. As opposed to Al Gore droning on and on. Yeah. And I feel like that's most of the public watching politics. Have you ever watched An Inconvenient Truth? The uh, Michael Moore documentary? Uh, No, 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 the Al Al Gore. Yeah. No, I've never sat and watched the whole thing. It was a bit overdone. Yeah. That's... A bit overwrought. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with the left. Yeah. Like, don't... Don't browbeat me. Yeah. You're being ridiculous. Why are you browbeating me over this? I recognize... As a matter of fact, not only do I recognize and agree with some of the things you're saying, since you're browbeating me, I'm just going to go ahead and vote the other way. No, and that's a lot of what... I'm going through this. You got to help me with this, Troy, because I try to be pretty even-handed. But I'll watch, say, like Trump, and mm-hmm. Trump will say stuff like with the Khashoggi thing. I'm like, oh come on, man! It's obvious that they killed him. Yeah, and you and I'm like, oh come on, man! But that does not get me as angry, like wanting to throw things at the television, as when Hillary Clinton says, "Civility will return when we win." I just want to. Oh, no. Yep. Like, when Bernie Sanders starts talking about how, like, we've got a problem in this country and uh, we're going to take on the ruling class, and the way we take on the ruling class and the millionaire and billionaire class is by making me the ruling class. Like, no! Yeah. Like, we're going to take down the cronies in this nation by making everybody cronies. Yep. Like, yeah! So I, I, so I am honest about it. The left pisses me off more than the right. I agree with you. I don't know why, but they I do. I agree with you. Okay, here's a dilemma. What would you rather have? Flash mob of vegan activists? Or... That's pretty funny. Flash mob of pro-choicers. Pictures included. That's what I mean. Oh, oh God. I wouldn't either. You, you, but you, I you it's to, an either or, yeah. yeah. Because that same thing... I would rather... I'd Flash mob of vegan activist or... What was the other choice? Pro-choice. Pro-choice. I'm sorry. uh, Pro-life, yeah. I would rather... Oh, God. Because we grew up Catholic. I know what that... All that pro-life stuff. That's some pretty disturbing images. You're going to get... You're going to get slaughtered cattle or slaughtered fetuses. That's that's basically what you got to pick from here. I'd rather go with the vegans if that's the two choices. Yeah. Because I can make fun of them. I'd do it with a glass of milk. Yeah. There's no... Well, I guess... <laughs> the vegan it... stuff's funny to me. Like, if you want to live your life that way... Yeah. I, that's fine, but... 
and I, I am sure I would enjoy some vegan dishes and some vegetarian dishes just from like what oh, yeah. tastes good. Yeah, but, but don't get, come scream in my face. Meat is murder. <laughs> you know, be like, yeah, it is. Or like, if if I like to murder things for my food. Or if I'm in a situation where I got to go to a clinic or something, don't throw stones at me. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I already feel bad enough that what's about to happen is about to happen, and now you're gonna oh, you're gonna bring the Lord. I saw this. I, this? I saw this video the other day. You're talking about extremes, and I'll just be clear: there are extremes on all every other side. I don't want either the crazies on either side. But there's this video of this woman outside of a vegan restaurant that was serving dairy products or something like that. So they had their own cow, and they were trying they artificially inseminated the cow. To have, instead of you know buying a bull and like going through that whole rigmarole, like artificially inseminate a, a heifer, and right. and she, this woman, this big big old lady, is protesting outside the vegan restaurant, saying artificial cow insemination is rape. Artificial cow insemination is rape. You cannot get away with this. This is terrible. And this one guy walks by and goes, Kobe got away with it. <laughs> and she like turns and goes, Did you just make a joke about rape? Ah! Why didn't you try to rape me? And the guy's like, Oh my God. And he like runs away. <laughs> it's just like, who decides to wake up one morning and go in front of a vegan restaurant and start yelling that artificial insemination of a cow is rape? Yeah. Like, how do you deal with somebody like that? And you don't. <laughs> you don't. Oh, well. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm... People get unhinged. I say this as a joke, but... Yeah. A mild sedative from a blow dart at 20 yards, <laughs> and you're good. You know, just... <laughs> like, I'm all for doing things based on voluntary consent. That's my whole philosophy. I, I think why I don't get as pissed at the right as the left, because I think at the end of the day, I just hate taxes. I hate the income tax so much. And so at least the right talks a big game about getting rid of it. They don't. No. But there's something about that, like, I individually owe, like, it's a debt. I would take it out. It's like, no, I, I didn't do any of this. Crap. Stop it. it. It's the one issue that just pisses me off for some reason. And then on the right, maybe, like, drug prohibition pisses me off, too. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. You know, the party is all about personal responsibility and individual liberty, so we're going to force that personal responsibility on you when it comes to drugs. Or children. Yes. <sighs> but it just, uh, I don't know, there's something about the left and their happy talk. It, it just gets a little too much for me. You see it in universities a lot, too. Like, it's it, echo chambers. Mm -hmm. Leftist echo chambers, to me, are worse than... Rightist, right wing, well, right, like right wing the, talk the, radio, conservative echo chambers. Yeah, mostly because I don't deal with conservative echo chambers because I'm not on Facebook. Fair enough. But you see it a lot in universities mm. and certain websites like Reddit. But Reddit also has the Donald, which is a subreddit for Donald Trump, and that place is insane. Yeah, yeah, we're just going crazy here, folks. Mm -hmm. And well, and also at the end of the day, I don't. I don't really like any, like watching Cruz speak right now. Like, I don't have any I, desire to go to a political rally and watch somebody speak. No. 
No, it was Dan Morris helped put together this great event with Herman Cain when Herman Cain was running 999. And uh, like a thousand people showed up downtown at the RSA Center. My grandfather, after the whole event happened, like that weekend after, I cut his yard and we sit and talk, as we always do. And uh, he looked at me and said, so what did you think of that? And I was like, honestly, I thought it was stupid. Like, why, why are we all here, like, cheering and putting up banners and going, yeah, Herman. Like, it just... Oh, my God, it's like a wrestling... I'm sorry, Trump is walking out, and it's like wrestling. No, and this is why I like wrestling. Wrestling, we're all in on it. It's just stupid entertainment. Look at him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, there goes Donald. Oh, he's waving. He's putting the thumb up. One guy's waving right at him. Dressed just like Trump, too, except without the red tie. Is that one guy got a cowboy hat with a Make America Great Again hat on top of the cowboy hat? Yes. <laughs> wow. No, and this is Trump's rallies do take on this air of, like, uh, professional wrestling. It, it really is. Yeah. But wrestling, at least, is just, it knows it's entertainment. It's not trying to change the world. Well, except for, you know, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> They're trying to change that one. But, my God. And you know Ted is looking at this guy going, I hate your guts. <laughs> He's not lying, Ted. He's beautiful, Ted. <laughs> I hate you, but I need you. Oh, hey, promises made, promises kept. It's a sign somebody's holding up right now. Mm-hmm. Women for Trump. She has a let-me-speak-to-your-manager haircut. <laughs> Bad highlights and all. Yes, this twice-baked potato doesn't have enough sour cream in it. I can, t- I can tell. I haven't had fun since 1982. Oh, my goodness. This is why I've been listening to a lot of rock lately. I've been listening to Stevie Nicks lately. Oh, God. Well, that's a whole other Monday show. We'll do that next Monday. This is some more Ace for you. Can't sing, but... Was he the guitarist for... Yeah, for Kiss. Yeah, so he can play, but... We're out of time. If you want to watch Trump, turn on Fox News. The rally's just getting going. Thank you all for listening. He's looking. The foundation looks good. Yeah.